you know, if anybody's ever building their own copywriting business, I can't recommend enough to take your copywriting money that you make from like your freelance gig. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody, we're back for another edition of the podcast, and I have a very special guest. Normally, I say that anyways, but today it's extra special because Carlos Redlick and I started a podcast more than a year ago now, I think, because I, I just got a Facebook reminder the other day about a couple of the interviews we used to do. And he's a fellow copywriter uh, who became too busy with his freelance uh, career to basically continue with the podcast. And I ended up doing the podcast with, with, for John McIntyre and, uh, and releasing other ones which was called Takeover Tuesday. And Carlos is on the show, finally. We are here, yeah. Carlos. How are you? Good, man. I'm happy and excited to be on the call, man. It's so cool. It's like long time no see, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. It, we've been uh, out of touch for a bit because everyone's been busy as heck fire. So yeah, yeah so, it, it's, it's been crazy. It's been a wild ride. So let's <laughs> let's start with sort of, uh, you know, I can't remember the last time I talked to you. It's been a, months anyways. But at that point, you, you had landed a, a massive client for your freelance business. Uh, you were doing copyright. You were doing a whole, you were on retainer. You were doing a whole bunch of shit for them. Uh, maybe start from there and sort of you know what's evolved for you i know you went to trafficking conversions i know you i think you yeah. just you just moved to arizona i think uh back when we were just diverting paths basically so maybe you bring yeah, us up to speed yeah definitely so i mean obviously again appreciate being on the call yeah i mean i think the last time we had talked is when i had picked up uh one really big retainer client he was paying 10 grand a month and we we're doing tons of shit um, and since then we actually, I mean, we're still friends. We don't do the retainer anymore. We're doing kind of like profit share stuff and he's crushing it doing tons of stuff. So it's really cool. The best part is he's actually in Arizona, like 15 minutes down the street. So I usually go have a barbecue at his place anyway. Um, <laughs> That's sweet. Awesome. I get free food and money. So, but no, I mean, since then it's actually, I've kind of had a little evolution. I still do clients except I don't do like these $10,000 client deals anymore. I'll generally stick between like $3,500 a month or five grand a month. And then, you know, just like the one-off VSL or emails and stuff like that. But what I'm really doing is kind of focusing and putting all chips in on my martial art niche. So, um, Nobody knows this probably, but I own one of like the biggest Jeet Kune Do uh, martial art groups on Facebook, and it's it's really taken off like wildfire. And all I really did to build it was drive a bunch of Facebook ads. Actually, I drove from one Facebook ad is what I built this big group with. And so right now, I'm just kind of putting all like all of the clients, and all my clients actually know this, especially my retainer clients. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, essentially, their monthly retainer, like 80% of it, like 20%, you know, go, yeah. well, this is an but, you know, 20% is to rent and all that shit. And then everything else is going right into building my list. So, yeah, man. I mean, since then, I've just gone, again, like I said, full chips in on building my own martial art niche, selling my own stuff. And one thing I've actually started to side too much. But as I've started building my own stuff and I share screenshots of like, hey, my landing page, you know, got a 60-something percent conversion rate, you know, check this out. And I'm just sharing stuff that I experienced as an entrepreneur, as a digital marketer and stuff like that, not just as a copywriter. Right. But when I do that, you know, my clients, they're all internet marketers or real businessmen and all this mm -hmm. stuff. And they're doing something similar, which is on probably a much higher scale. So there's kind of a commonality and I've gotten more business and more referrals 
now that I've kind of gone all in on my martial arts stuff. Okay. So just, I mean, just as a side, you know, if anybody's ever building their own copywriting business, I can't recommend enough to take your copywriting money that you make from like your freelance gig, right. throw it into doing some kind of offer on your own. And man, it's like killer for positioning and make money. So you're in control of your own destiny. So how long, because <clears throat> I know I've sort of seen you, I've watched sort of from afar because we haven't been talking lately, but I saw, I remember when you started that group and I sort of watched you uh, talk about various aspects through your Facebook posts and stuff. So, you know, you started with nothing, presumably, and you built it up to how many people you got in your group now? Uh, 13,000, something like that. You know, it's actually funny. My goal is to make it the biggest one. I'm the second biggest one. I can't say I'm the fucking biggest yet. <laughs> There's one dude out there, a nice guy. He's actually in my group too. And, okay. and stuff. nice dude, but he's got like a 16,000 person group. And, you know, mad respect to the dude and everything, but it's not a very active group. And there's like a bunch of uh, like scammers and shit in there, like the spammer people. So right. the reason I, I'm going to brag about my group a little bit more is because we built it through Facebook ads, but we also did a really good filtration process to where there's like no spam for the most part. Every once in a while, you'll get somebody and we just got to block them or delete them. Right. But for the most part, a really tight knit group of people who all of Bruce Lee, who all of Jeet Kune Do, which is Bruce Lee's martial art, yep. uh, you could say, I guess. And, um, and it's cool, man. That community just built like crazy. So that group stuff, I started it literally on a spur of the moment thing and it just kind of took off. I'm like, Oh shit, I guess we should really go all chips in on this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so for you, that was like a passion of yours before, because we know from, you know, if people listen to the earliest uh, takeover Tuesdays, they know you ran a martial arts gym at one point. Yeah. 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 I used to own i I've been involved in Jeet Kune Do since I was like 13. I'm 30 now. So a few years, you know what I mean? So I'm, I, it's something I've always been involved with, whether I've been training it, teaching it, or just reading about it. And I was like, you know what? I mean, let me just start a little page. And then that page turned into a group. And I was like, all right, well, let's see if anybody likes anything. And I just tried selling some little, it's funny. I used to sell these posters of Bruce Lee until the Bruce Lee foundation shut my ass down. These <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Lee posters, I was selling for like nine bucks or like a free plus shipping offer. Okay. And it was great. like, I sold like a few hundred of these doing nice. nothing other than putting it on like my group. I'm like, Hey, go check this shit out. And I would put it in my group. And right. So I was like, man, this is powerful. I should probably start paying attention to this. And then I actually heard one of my old clients, Chris record. He's really big in like the internet marketing niche and all that right. stuff. And one of the things that I learned from him is passion sells, right? I mean, not just passion, but a passionate audience is just huge. And it sounds obvious. And I knew it, I guess before, but hearing him and seeing his results, I mean, it, it makes sense. And so now that I kind of look back on the whole JKD thing, it may have started kind of as, as a fluke because I was like, yeah, I like this stuff. Let me just make it for fun. But these are passionate groups of people. They're not your typical mixed martial artists. These are Bruce Lee, you know, fans who are like, you know, they're, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't say anti-karate or anti-taekwondo, but to a degree it kind of is. It's like Jeet Kune Do, you know what I mean? Yeah. So got that kind of like, I don't know, when they're really associated, they're really passionate about something, it's – it's like, it's stupid. It's, it's very simple to sell stuff. You just got to put it right in front of them and they'll buy. You just got to make sure they're really passionate. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned, uh, you know, Jeet Kune Do and stuff. Cause I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Bruce Lee's movies going back since I was a kid. I used to watch them all over and over and over again. <clears throat> and the sort of history of him, you know, dying prematurely and all that kind of stuff has sort of like a, 
you know, a mystery and, a, and a, an interesting quality to it. And I bought some JKD tapes, which were buy my shit. <laughs> no, I bought some tapes back in the day <laughs> that were that were like turned out to be G Kundo tapes, but I think they were just self defense tapes. And the reason I bring this up is because you know how I first heard about copywriting. People will know who listened to any of the podcasts as I found out uh, about Gary Halbert writing. Uh, I think it was actually Gary Halbert and John Carlton teamed up to yeah. write a sales letter uh, for uh, something called Serious Growth, which was a bodybuilding system huh. out of uh, out of uh, Visalia, California, I believe. Yeah, uh, and uh, they had, that same group was was all they all they all sort of had the same. They were involved in that. They were I think it was, they were all connected because they were involved in that. They were involved in uh, self defense stuff. They had just a number of different products in different niches. And one of the ones was these self defense tapes. I think they're called tactical response systems. Was the, the yeah group, TRS correct? Right? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. And Russ Horine, I think, and people were involved there. And he uh, put out these tapes. I remember getting them because they were actual tapes. They were VHS tapes or whatever. It was like they advocated to like, I remember one of the things that stuck in my mind, they advocated to like, you know, if a person's attacking you, whatever, to strike and then run away, you know, get out of there quickly. Basically, it was, it was there's like self-defense it was like, you know, uh, step, you know, stamp their knee and then get the fuck out of there, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but uh, it was a guy who was, was instructing it. I don't remember his name. Whoever was instructing it was uh, G. Kudo, you know, guy. Probably yeah. Paul Vunak, I wonder. <laughs> yeah, Paul Vunak. That's who it was. Paul yeah. Vunak. Yeah, Paul Vunak's very famous in the JKD world. And I know he did a lot of stuff for TRS Direct. Um, so did Frank Cucci, who mm. um, is a former Navy SEAL, I believe, who okay. was JKD guy. And he did stuff with TRS Direct. So yeah, I mean, JKD has been around for so long and it kind of went through its popular phase, right? So it had its like big blow up to a degree, kind of big blow up, right. um, maybe in the seventies, eighties or something. I'm probably getting the years mixed up, sure. but obviously around that time. And then it kind of fizzled out a little bit. And then now with the whole rise of mixed martial arts and uh, the UFC saying, Hey, you know, um, I'm sorry. Uh, the whole thing with the UFC saying, Hey, you know, Bruce Lee is the founder of uh, MMA. So whether it's true or not, I'm, I'm kind of like Bruce Lee was the founder of scientific street fighting, not like yeah. sports. But whatever. So it kind of gave the whole Jeet Kune Do community a little bit of a boost, a little bit more popularity. So yeah, man, I mean, it's it's been around for so long. It's just that I don't think people have really tapped into it enough. And I and one of the things that I like, just kind of as a copywriter, a lot of people are interested. And I actually went down this route too. I was trying to sell like um, copywriting templates and my own right. copywriting products and you know one of the things I, I was like I was not having fun doing this like right. I, I like selling to marketers I don't know why it's just not fun for me I much rather use you know my like evil secrets and stuff <laughs> to actually sell to people who aren't marketers it's like that's the real cool test of your ability am I selling it just to marketers who are like trying to funnel hack you and get the latest technique or are you using your skills to actually go out into a marketplace that's not familiar with marketing and mm -hmm. sell to them your skills so it's cool, man. But yeah, I, it's cool that you brought up a TRS Direct. That's pretty funny. I haven't heard that in a minute. They're still well, around. Too. Are, they, are they really? Yeah. Uh, that's funny. You know, and one thing that always pops to mind when I hear you know, the name Bruce Lee, aside from his obvious prowess and sort of the, like I said, mystical, mysterious legend surrounding him, is the, you know, sort of the, the short version, you know, of his sort of philosophy which I think directly applies to copywriting, which is the, 
Use what works and discard all else. Yeah, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless. There you yeah. go. And that's kind of, uh, that, that has a lot of application for marketing and copywriting because, you know, you have this whole bag of tricks and stuff, if you will, these evil, evil schemes and so forth, as you said. And the testing is where that stuff bears out sometimes. You know, this thing won't work for this particular thing, but you can go to something. Right. Yeah. It's funny that you, yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's funny that you bring that up because my martial art instructor, the one who taught me Jeet Kune Do, he's a Jeet Kune Do school, right? Right. (laughs) Um, He was also a Dane Kennedy marketer. You know what I mean? Like he learned all the Kennedy, he built the school using marketing. So, and that's, it's funny that you say that because not many people make that link and it's very true. I always thought Bruce Lee was like a renegade marketer. And when I saw a clip one time um, of Bruce Lee's library, if you look at it, he's got hundreds of books on sales, persuasion, right. personal development, human development, not just on how do I beat somebody up or not just on philosophy, but he really understood that communication and sales is what's going to take you to the next level. Another thing that was really interesting, this is all crazy because <laughs> I love how you said that because very few people actually get that connection. Right. So that's why I'm going off on it. But Bruce Lee, um, you're familiar probably with the ultimate chief aim that Napoleon Hill talks about, right? Yep. Your ultimate aim or definite chief aim or whatever, put it in your pocket and mm-hmm. look at it every day. Well, Bruce Lee did that. And I don't remember exactly what his uh, his definite chief aim, chief aim was, but it was something along the lines of, you know, I'm going to be the most popular uh, actor or Asian actor in Hollywood, I'm going to make, I don't know if it was a million or 10 million or hundred million dollars in X amount of years. And he had a, a real financial goal and not many people get like, it, it almost gets glossed over. Everybody knows him for the martial arts stuff, for the philosoph- uh, philosophical stuff, but nobody knows that or nobody pays attention to how he was actually a really savage, a savage uh, businessman and a savvy <laughs> businessman. And I mean, he literally, but he was a good marketer. I heard a story uh, from my instructor back in the day. I don't know if it's true or not. Maybe it's hearsay. Maybe it's not. But apparently, Bruce Lee, when he had a, I don't know how many schools he had. I can't remember. Maybe it was two or three or whatever. But he had a couple of schools in uh, California and Seattle. Right. God, I'm so it's so bad that I'm like the G Kundo representative. Right? I'm like forgetting all this <laughs> shit. But anyway. He, uh, I mean, he had all these different schools and he had to make a decision whether he was going to, you know, teach a bunch of schools or just teach or in one school or whatever. And so apparently I'm probably fudging the story a little because I don't have like a hundred percent, but it was something like it wasn't as profitable to have all these different schools and it was to just, I guess, train celebrities and do movies. Right. So he closed his school down because of like a business decision. It was just yeah. smarter to make more money doing it through movies and doing and all this other stuff than he could if he just tried opening up a bunch of little like martial arts schools. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. man, he was a renegade martial arts, but also a renegade marketer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he, I remember because he had all sorts of people as clients, like he had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and stuff was a client and, uh, there's other actors of that era that you see in some of the films and so forth. Uh, and you know, in the documentaries and stuff I've watched about Bruce Lee. Yeah, no, totally. He's, he had some of the, the top guys in the industry training with him. Right. Yeah. I mean, what's a better marketing than that? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And a lot of that, you know, and this is an interesting sort of thing when it comes to positioning and stuff, because of course that helps your positioning when you've, you're dealing with only high-end people, so to speak. And also, you know, when uh, you're building that lead, like we have a legend now about Bruce Lee, about, you know, who he was and the fact that he died early and all that. It's like this, oh, yeah. this, this awesome, you know, which a lot of, you know, marketers and of course sports figures and, you know, 
and past presidents and all sorts of stuff have these like legendary things surrounding them, which have yep. built their reputation. Like in my other uh, field that I'm interested in, which is magic, Houdini is a good example of that because everyone nowadays, you say, oh, who always oh, like Houdini when he's getting people scared yeah. into a narrow situation or something. And, you know, there were many people of the time who were, you know, as famous uh, and before Houdini and, and after. But Houdini, you know, was very careful about, you know, how he projected himself. He was very good getting publicity. And his wife, I think, employed like a PR firm for like 25 years after he was dead. Wow. So, yeah. Interesting. So that's probably why we still know who Houdini is. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's that, crazy. Yeah, so there, there, there's a lot too. There's a lot of cachet when people have, you know, that legend, you know, when people have stories about them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's also just the, like the pursuit, right? So right. I don't know as much about Houdini, but I would imagine just like Bruce Lee or anybody who's really great or at the top of their game, they're always studying, they're always advancing and not mm -hmm. just trying to study this something in their niche or what they're interested in, right? So again, maybe Houdini had like millions of books on magic, but I'm sure, I don't know this, but I'm sure he had tons of books on like human behavior or on these other things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever, right? So I mean, whenever you're constantly subjecting yourself to all these different things, there's no way you can't grow. I mean, one of the things I learned from Jay Abraham, who if you don't know who he is, everybody knows. <laughs> if you don't know who he is, then push pause on this call and go find him. Go Google him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so one of the things I actually had learned from him is that he, not personally, but just through yeah. his stuff, is that um, you can take stuff from other industries and different industries and put them into yours, and it's totally revolutionary. It's like the whole you know, drive through window at a, at a fast food place. Like that's common, right? But if you add that to a dry cleaners or back in the day when no one did that, that's revolutionary. You can, I actually saw something when I used to live in Jacksonville, Florida, I know at least two or three places that would have like drive through liquor stores. That was totally new to me. I, never, I don't know how that's legal. Like you're just going to buy the liquor. <laughs> and I don't get it. But it, it worked. And so I was like, man, that's like revolutionary. Nobody wanted to go inside or do all this stuff when they were going to the club or going to the bars or whatever. They wanted to pregame. They would just go through the drive through caps, like a 40 ounce or whatever. <laughs> but that, I mean, just being able to expose yourself to all those different things, just like any, like I said, like Bruce Lee or like I'm sure Houdini or all these other people did, that's what's going to take you to the next level. It's just the, the combination of being able to put some different ideas, put them in together, put them into one thing, and it's just revolutionary in another industry. Yeah, that's 100% true. And anyone who's familiar with Dan Kennedy as well, which you uh, mentioned yeah. earlier, he's a master at, uh, you know, he has a, a super high-end group where they all do that. They all cross, you know, uh, cross-pollinate, if you you will their ideas yeah. from different industries and you know it's worked wonders for for different things and it's and it's uh, people just don't they tend not to look outside their their current niche and that's uh, usually the problem is you're, yeah. is, is you're a copycat you know yeah so yeah. Tell, so bring us up to speed on some of the so you you know you've moved on to having this huge G kundo thing and you're you're selling nunchucks and stuff to people <laughs> i'm a nunchuck king <laughs> <laughs> the king of the nunchucks I, I saw one of your sales pages i can't uh, it was for uh, a training uh, one of those wood or the training things or something I, oh the wooden uh, dummy yeah 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 yeah. the thing you do all the yeah you see in the movies and stuff all the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i was like oh this is cool you know uh but so aside from that you still have clients you're still doing some freelance copy stuff for people. Yeah. Maybe what, you know, what's since the last I talked to you. So what's some of the stuff you've learned? Cause I know you've, you've got a variety of clients and you're, you're 
you do like myself, you do a bunch of different, you know, you do email, you do sales pages, you do funnel stuff. I mean, you know, what's, what are some of the things you've learned from dealing with some of these people? Uh, I mean, well, I mean, I guess you would say from a few, I, mean, I guess there's like a few different things, but one of the things that I've learned just from a copy perspective is if you're trying to do stuff to cold traffic, <laughs> test a news angle, right? So yeah. uh, a lot of uh, supplement companies are trying to do this and skincare companies are doing this, right? If you're trying, and th this is just something I've done now and I didn't think it would work for some dumb reason. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> when it did, it worked, right? So I'm like, okay. It's, um, yeah, I mean, have a little news-like intro. I actually ripped it off from another copywriter, whoever wrote Live Spell. It's like another oh, yeah. So I ripped it off from them. So good credit to those guys. But that stuff really works. I mean, well, I've tried it at least two or three different, probably two, no, two different industries mm -hmm. with clients, two are in the same one or whatever, but it, I mean, it works really well. Um, but one of the, I mean, I haven't really learned, I, I wouldn't say I haven't learned anything like crazy mm -hmm. mind boggling uh, copy wise. One of the things I've learned is that people are going to hire their friends. I mean, it's something that is, I guess, basic and everybody kind of gets it, but I don't think they really take action on it. Like, so when I send, like, you know, it, I'll send like thumbs up pictures or like, right. like middle finger picture, like some dumb shit with me in there. And I'll do this to like prospective clients too. And it's so crazy how no one does this. And I've said it fucking like at yeah. least two years or something, you know what yeah. I mean? But it closes deals. I actually, um, I'm working a lot with Everett Farnell. Oh, you know Everett, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So Everett and I have partnered up, and we've kind of tag team on a few different VSLs and funnels and stuff like that. And he was blown away because we had like a 15 minute call with somebody where I asked for 8,500 bucks up front, and he was like, "God damn, what the." <laughs> <laughs> on the table and so, I mean we don't know if we're gonna hopefully close them tomorrow but one of the things that I've done is after we did that, I'm like yeah but check this shit this is why people close is we had a little face-to-face -face, uh, zoom call actually just like what we're doing now okay. but I sent them a, a video like a, a selfie video and then I also did a little thumbs up thing or whatever picture right. Dumb shit like that, man yeah but it builds a relationship more and and having some guts right so yeah if you're ever a copywriter and you talk to different clients, you'll probably have clients ask you a couple things, right? So one thing they may say is, uh, you know, how much do you charge? Don't like, I, I don't know. Some people get scared of that. I'll be like, oh yeah, sweet. So my flat rates are, you know, $7,500 for this or this. Mm -hmm. And I just tell them and having kind of the guts and courage to say that is huge. Yeah. Um, but what was the other thing? Gosh, I was going to say something else. Um, Oh, when they say, okay, yeah, we, so thanks for the call or whatever. We're going to go talk to a few of these other copywriters that we have to interview. Here's what works, right? Mm -hmm. And this, I do this and it's just whatever. As soon as they say that shit, I say something along the lines of, oh no, no worries. You don't have to hire them. It's cool. Um, so what's <laughs> going to send you the questionnaire or something? And I just say, like, straight, straight. No, 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 you don't have to hire them. Cool. And it works, dude. It works. I don't know how People don't, people don't get it. Like I've had, I'm not going to mention some of their names because it's like friends of mine that I kind of compete with obviously for the same client, you right. know? but they'll be like, Oh, you know, this person is, you know, partnered with this person and they're crushing it. And you know, I want to talk to them. I'm like, Hey, yeah, no worries, man. I'm friends with them too. And they're really good, but you don't got to talk to them. We can crush this too. So what's the best email to go ahead and send the questionnaire to so we can kind of get the ball rolling. 
Right. And they're like, what the fuck? Did he just say that? I'm like, you don't do it. And, um, yes, Carlos just said that. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's like some NLP stuff right. or whatever. I mean, I don't look too deep. I just know that every time I say it, right. it, it makes them laugh. It makes them smile. And they're like, oh, this guy is kind of cool, you know? And then if I ever feel like I push it a little more, then I'll say, hey, you know, I wouldn't be a good direct response copywriter if I didn't try to shut down the deal, right? Yep. Like, yeah. That's true. Like, exactly. These aren't the copywriters you're looking for, you know? Woo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy how many copywriters, I mean, if you're a copywriter, you've got to learn how to sell. Like, you don't have yeah. to be like this master closer on the phone or anything, but you've got to have the courage to ask for the sale and get a yes or a no. The worst that's going to happen is someone's going to say no. So the problem is that some people don't have enough people, enough leads. So when you don't yeah. have enough leads, you're, then you're desperate. Then you're desperate. Fuck, yeah, right. I need to close this so I can pay rent or some shit. So if that's the issue, you don't have a pricing issue. You probably don't even have that much of a skill issue. You have a marketing issue and you're a freaking copywriter marketer. So you should fix that. Right. Yeah. So short of doing, sorry, short of just posting on Facebook or something like that. One of the things that's worked for me pretty well is if you're decent with Facebook ads, I'm not a Facebook ads guru, but I mean, I've used them. I'll just literally promote like boost a post or do a, paper engagement post or whatever right. of just content. I can ask for a call to action or anything like that. I'll just give out free content and that's it. And then I do that for a few days, maybe three or four days. And then I run a promo, um, asking them to send me a message and, and whatever. And that just works. I don't know why I don't even have a website, but I just do everything through Facebook and it works, man. It really works well. All right. So that, so you would release content over three or four days and then you run an actual ad. Or do you just... Yeah, okay, yeah, sorry. So, <laughs> so I boot, I release the content, whatever it might be. Like, I, I, one of the most salient things I just give out is uh, my five steps for writing a Facebook ad, right? There's a yes question, story to relate, the big aha moment, suggest solution, the call to action. So I just give an example of that and I put it in a Facebook post and I put 20 bucks towards it or 50 bucks towards it, spread it over a week or five days or whatever. And then... Um, after, I mean, if it gets enough engagement, what I'll do is I'll just run another ad to the exact same audience, but now it's saying, uh, it, it kind of follows the previous one, which is just content, but then has a call to action at the bottom, which says, if you want me to write this, it's very simple, it's not anything, it's like, if you want me to write this for you, it's a private message. Like, I usually don't even send people to link, I just don't private message me or comment yes or type yes, and then you just, you know, right. follow, follow up like that. Wow. Anybody listening to this will give such a ton of, like, like anything of yours that you put out, whether you write a Facebook post or you shoot a video. There's always value given. You're a very generous person, I think. And uh, that's why, you know, that's why you're doing so well. That's one of the reasons why you're kicking ass so much. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Very nice. <laughs> you're too nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for everybody else, of course, we'll be back again with another exciting edition of the podcast. If you're listening to this on uh, McMethod, then you can hear the rest of this interview on Takeover Tuesday because that's how we're going to be doing it from now on. We'll be releasing uh, a you know, part on the McMethod and the rest on uh, Takeover Tuesday. Uh, so until then, cool. you know, uh, hit me up with any questions you have and, uh, and we'll see what exciting guests we have next week. Ta-ta. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more. Oh,